Welcome to the Campus Outreach Podcast, where we want to equip you to make your college years count for eternity. I'm your host, Tyler Olson, also known as T-Roll, and I am excited to be on this podcast today with a good friend of mine, a special guest, returning. This is your second episode ever. Second ever. Welcome back, Ryan Akers. What's up, T-Roll? So Ryan is the mobilization director of Campus Outreach Birmingham. He's been on staff for 12 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, Good friend of mine. And Ryan, again, privileged to be here with you. Yeah, we've dude. we've talked a lot over the years about doing a podcast together. Absolutely, and we're actually recording some episodes now. It's happening, so, yeah, man. So how are you? How have you? How have you been doing lately, man? man doing great. It was uh, really cool. I had a one of my sons, my oldest son, graduated from high school back in May, and because of COVID, uh, we weren't able to do a, a graduation trip like we had planned. So. Uh, in September, we were able to do that. So we went to Rocky Mountain National Park where oh we got gosh. to spend some days hiking, which was really, really cool. The weather was absolutely perfect, and uh, it was good to get to spend that time with my son. It was and just beautiful out there. It was. And then, you know, just uh, being a, a rookie hiker like I was, one day I kind of messed up, and uh, we actually went 12 and a half miles when I thought we'd be going about six or eight miles that day. And so, I mean, we were like pros out there, man. Wow. Are you sore? You know, I was I was very sore after it happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my feet were hurting. I bet, man. Gosh, yeah, that is. Uh, if anyone knows me, that's not something I would ever do. So now I I love looking at beautiful sights and mountains. It was gorgeous. Climbing up them, not so much. Yeah, no, we weren't climbing. <laughs> Hiking is okay. a different thing. Yeah, it's yeah. To thing. me, it's all the same. Well, that's cool, man. Well, listen, we'll uh, we're we're gonna go ahead and jump in here. Let's um, go. You know, you were on the you were on the pod last week and. The people have let their voices be been heard. You know, people want you back on, Ryan. Mm, thank you. You're you're yeah. a, you are a you've got a great voice for podcasting, and um, I got a face for radio. too. You man. sure do. I've seen mm. it. So here's the thing. Last week we talked about um, the, the kind of the state of the world and the urgency for kingdom work. Yep. You know, for Christian missions for world missions, mm-hmm. and today we are going to more kind of focus on college students being that this is the Campus Outreach Podcast, we're going to talk about how college students have been a part of world missions, okay, and the role that college students get to play. So um, let's go ahead and start with this first question for you, Ryan. What role have college students played in Christian missions over the past few centuries? Yeah. So, man, college students have always been at the forefront of the modern missions movement going back to the early 1800s. When you start talking about college students and missions, you have to tell the story of the Haystack Prayer Movement. Uh, Maybe you've heard of that with a guy named Samuel Mills in about 1806. So he and five other students started praying for the world, and they were just praying that God would send missionaries to reach the heathen, as they thought about it. Um, But one day they were praying, they got caught in a thunderstorm. And so they were running across the field and sought shelter under a haystack. And so as they started praying uh, right there under the haystack, they started thinking, you know, maybe God's calling us to go. Uh, Mm -hmm. Instead of just praying for people to go, maybe God wants us to go. And so the quote that they kind of walked away with was, we can do this if we will. And so Mills challenges friends to pray uh, and then to read William Carey's book. William Carey is known as the father of modern missions, and he wrote a book called The Obligation uh, to Reach the Heathen. Uh, It was a little uh, booklet, and um, as he was uh, 
talking about that, he was challenging them to pray about maybe we should be the ones to go and pray that God would send us. And so these five freshmen uh, the, were the ones later that began the mission-sending agencies uh, that came out of that. So the four missions movement started uh, from this you know, this group of college students and uh, what we call now the Haystack Prayer Movement. Well, then uh, fast forward about 80 years, and you got to have this guy named Lewis Wishard. He remembered the, Praystack, uh, the Haystack Prayer Meeting, and he went back to the place, got on his knees, and began praying. And he prayed, where water once flowed, let it flow again. In other words, do it again, God. Do something big here. And so he contacted uh, D.L. Moody, uh, and they planned to do a conference in 1886. Uh, they were going to do a, a one-month conference. Um, and so this brother and sister couple named Robert and Grace Wilder, uh, Robert went to Princeton, Grace went to Mount Holyoke College. They kind of became uh, the, the tip of the spear for heading this conference up, and they began to pray for 100 men to make a decision to go overseas. Uh, and so they created, they had this conference, they created this, uh, this volunteer pledge that students would sign where they would have their name, their college, and what country that they would spend the rest of their lives in. Jeez. And they were praying that they would just leave all and go. Uh, it said on that card, we, the undersigned, declare ourselves willing and desirous, God permitting, to go to the unevangelized portions of the world. And they really believed that from that, what they were doing, they could reach um, all the peoples of the world with the gospel and that the, the gospel would go to the ends of the earth. So that started what was known as the student volunteer movement. And in 40 years, um, 100,000 volunteers gave their lives to missions. That includes 20,000 that actually went overseas and the other 80,000 stayed behind uh, to form what was called the layman's missionary movement. And their role was to support the goers. They were just as committed to the great commission, just as committed to world uh, evangelization. Uh, but 20,000 went 80,000 stayed behind. Now wow. think about this, man, that was one out of every 37 students in the U S was a part of the student volunteer movement. Um, that's significant. Think about what would happen today if we, you know, we pray where water once flowed, let it flow again. And sure. yeah. one out of every 37 college students in the U.S. caught that vision and gave their lives to missions, whether it was going or sending. Uh, that would be incredible. And in fact, it was really cool um, doing a research assignment that you actually gave me, T-Roll, um, about African-Americans in, in foreign missions. Right. Uh, I actually found out that the only person from my hometown of small town Russellville, Alabama, in rural Alabama, the only uh, missionary that went from the student volunteer movement was an African-American lady named Althea Maria Brown Edmiston. Um, that's an awesome name. I yeah, think. it was really cool just to research her life, too, and yeah, see how somebody from, your from hometown, my huh? hometown was a part of the student volunteer movement. But uh, as far as today, you know, much of sending of missionaries comes out of recent college graduates. Um, it's happening today as much as ever. Uh, in fact, a guy named Dennis Gaylor says that college students are idealistic, energetic, and active. They comp comprise one of the greatest reservoirs of manpower for the cause of Jesus Christ in the entire world. Wow. Man, that's, that's, uh, I, I've heard those stories so many times, and especially the student volunteer movement. I just, 20,000 missionaries. You know, they, yeah. weren't they just wanting 100? 
at, yeah, at the that, conference. The first right? they were praying for a hundred to go, and wow. actually a hundred went from that first conference. Really, They're like exactly one hundred. Wow. Yeah. Amen to that. So why are college students so strategic to Christian missions? Yeah, you know, um, there are some that would call college students the powerful 1%, meaning that 1% of the world's population uh, actually get to go to college. Um, And although only 1% of the world's population go to college, um, they are the ones that will be leading society in every way in the next 10 to 50 years. So you're talking about the next generation of leaders. Right. So if you reach the college students, you're reaching the next generation's leaders. Um, and just here in North America, um, college students make up, college students make up one fourth, 25% of that 1%. So a lot of people here in the U S are, you know, they're the next generation leaders that will be impacting the world. Uh, and so they play an important part of people that we need to reach and send out. In fact, Bill Bright, who, uh, started Campus Crusade, which is now called Crew, he said, if, he said, if we can win the university today, we will win the world tomorrow. And so as we look at college students, you know, we would say they're the most mobilizable people group on the planet. Like uh, the, potential, the potential for sending out missionaries from the college campus is, is astronomical. So uh, one guy said they represent the most reachable, recruitable, trainable, and sendable category of persons on the planet. Okay. Uh, so reachable. I mean, in college, they're being shaped to be the people they're, they're going to be. They're for the first time in their lives. They're owning their own convictions and are, they're questioning things they've never questioned before. So they are questioning faith. They're questioning, what do I really believe in? What is my purpose? And so it's the most reachable people on the planet. But then also recruitable. This is a group of people that want to do something big with their lives. They want to know that what they're going to do with their lives is going to have an impact. So they want to sign up for things that are bigger than themselves that will actually make a difference in the world so they're the most recruitable uh, category of people on the planet but then they're also the most trainable they're intelligent you know they've gotten into college Uh, they are studying and learning well sometimes they study um but yeah. uh they're uh, they're intelligent they're skilled mm-hmm. uh they are people who can accomplish things and they're willing to be trained for things that they feel passionate about and so they're the most trainable pe- category of people on the planet but then also they're the most sendable, meaning their life situation is where they can do something like going overseas. Um, you know, most times college graduates don't have um, families that they have to take care of. Uh, they, they're just in a position where they can uh, be mobile. They can move from place to place, do different things, have short-term commitments that can go to long-term commitments. So they are the most sendable category of people on the planet. So um, they're strategic for Christian mission, and that's why you have so many missions agencies that are trying to recruit the co- from the college campus uh, to send missionaries overseas. Yeah, that's it's, – it's crazy to think about. I mean <laughs> – I talk to a lot of college students who really have a desire for maybe going overseas or just being a part in, you know, missions work. Uh, but what are, what do you think are some of the biggest barriers that college students have that actually prevent them um, from being able to take par- take part in that kind of work? Yeah. So this is pretty um, where you get pretty practical too. That there are there are obstacles for course, everyone, yeah. including this most mobilizable people group. 
Um, and one of the things that I would say that has become a really big deal uh, in the missions world is student debt. Um, just 20 years ago when I was coming out of college, I think the average student debt was like $12,000 or something. And now it's nothing to have thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars of student debt, yeah, or or more, or more. That's yeah. right. Uh, it, it's just really easy to accumulate a lot of student debt, and a lot of agencies want uh, want those graduates to take care of a little bit of that first, maybe get that number down uh, before they actually go. And then when you start crunching the numbers, it can be pretty daunting. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, to to see that and to say, well, okay, is it a good steward? stewardship of what God's given me to, to go overseas right now. Is, and is it even wise, right? That's right. And you will find that a lot of times God says, yes, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll take care of that. But, uh, but that is a big obstacle. That's a realistic obstacle they're facing. Um, and sad to say another obstacle, uh, that we see, um, in everyone is seeing this across the board, all the mission agencies we, we talked to, they're seeing the same thing and that is sexual sin, uh, pornography, especially, um, you know, I've heard someone say that nothing takes labors out of the race more than sexual sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and pornography is, is called an epidemic, um, hmm. today. And, um, you know, one of the things that we've seen is that missions agencies, uh, in their application, they've changed their questions about pornography. Uh, it's no longer if you viewed pornography, but when was the last time you viewed pornography? Wow. Yeah. Um, stu- college students today, it's just assumed that they have had much exposure to pornography, and um, and that's that's taken a lot of people out of the game, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a third thing that would be a, a barrier is this generation really struggles with fear. Um, just they're afraid to risk. Um, and part of it is just with social media, with internet, uh, in the interweb, we're connected all over the planet, more connected than we've ever, ever been. And so we see all that's going on. And although uh, people today are safer than they have ever been across the board, all over the planet, people are safer than we have ever been in the history of the world. Yet because we're exposed to so many things, it actually feels like we're in more danger than we've ever been. And that just creates, that overexposure creates just a fear to risk. Uh, And so going overseas feels like a major, major risk that is unsafe. And that's actually a question that many parents will ask as well, and not just the the college student is, will it be safe? And I I can remember John Piper saying, like, why is that the first question you're asking? (laughs) You know, safety is an illusion we're hearing people say. I actually uh, saw a movie the other day that they were talking about that. Safety is an illusion. Um, but that is a big deal to, to feel like, man, am I going to be safe if I do this? And so that's something that's been a big barrier, but then also kind of along with that, another barrier I would say is just the desire for comfort, uh, in which that's crosses generations. Mm -hmm. Um, we all have a desire for comfort and, and the reality is the culture, the world there, it's crying out. Uh, for people to pursue comfort, all the advertising and marketing, everything is like, you know, do the thing that's going to make you the most comfortable, the most safe, all of that. And so yeah. uh, there is just a real desire to pursue a comfortable lifestyle. Comfort and security. For yeah, sure. that's right. And I like my high speed internet, man. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. get frustrated when my internet slows down, you know, same. And bro, I, same. Hey, and, and let me just say, I like my sec football too. I'm excited that, that it's, that it's gotten started, man. That and, you do. 
Um, and that's something that people literally have to give up or, you know, I don't want to miss my best friend's wedding. Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. want to miss that engagement party or whatever it is. Uh, and so there are just some real things that we take for granted that just make us really comfortable that we really have a desire for. Right. And it's tough because there, there are countless barriers mm-hmm. and everyone has different barriers for some people. The, it's not necessarily fear, but it's comfort or vice yeah. versa. Right. But um, yeah, and, and it's not that we're throwing a blanket over all of these things and no. just saying, hey, don't even consider it. If you love Jesus, you're going to go overseas. That's right. Um, but it, what we are saying is there there is a role in every Christian's life to really analyze these things. Mm-hmm. Like, what is preventing you from taking That's that right. next step to fulfilling the Great Commission? Yeah. For you, it doesn't mean you have to go to that country, right? It might not. It, it might be as simple as, man, I, I spend too much time— uh, playing video games. Yeah. You know, like I've, th- that could be a legitimate thing. I, I spend honestly too much time just watching TV or just, I don't know. There's scrolling there's, through sure, social media. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I think one of the things that it's easy to lose sight of is that the call of the gospel is to deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow me. And, um, and then also just that, uh, the Bible talks about us as exiles uh, we are strangers in this world, and mm-hmm. I think um, too many times we try to make this world our home, and so uh, that's a that's a big thing. And um, yeah, so that's fair. Okay, so let's get one more question before we get out of here, Ryan. Let's go. Uh, what are some next steps? We'll try to get real practical here. What are some next steps college students can take this week, mm-hmm. just this week, as they listen to this episode, yeah. to expand their heart for missions? Yeah, and I think that's a great question. And one of the things that um, that you have to have is just exposure. I would say find a biography, a missionary biography to read. Um, find some sermons and podcasts uh, to listen to. An easy one to subscribe to is the Cross Conference. We have a lot of good speakers talking about missions. There are YouTube videos that you can uh, watch all day. Just get exposure to what God's doing uh, around the world. Um, and I would say this isn't this week, but in the future, uh, take advantage of trips that you uh, have available. Like your local church might have mission trips that they're allowing you to have a vision trip to see what God's doing as you go do uh, deeds of mercy and evangelism. Uh, those short-term trips, I'm a believer in. That was the thing that grabbed my heart the most was actually going and seeing. Uh, with Campus Outreach, we do cross-cultural projects in the summer, and uh, we have opportunities like that. So take advantage of those opportunities. But even easier than that is we have, with Campus Outreach, a missions conference in the spring. Hopefully we'll be able to do that in February. Right. Um, where just exposure to missionaries and God, what God's doing in the world um, you just need those things to do whatever you can to connect more with what God is doing and finding out. So exposure is, is the, is a big thing. I would say another big thing is just begin na- now to praying for the world, pray for the nations. Uh, William Carey said to know the will of God, we need an open Bible and an open map. Um, and I would say that's a great habit to just have an open Bible and an open map as you're praying. Hmm. As you're just saying, God, what would you have me do? You know, Isaiah said, I hear him, I send me. And just as we're praying, have an open hand before the Lord saying, God, what's my role? Um, and I think there are a lot of good tools out there to use for prayer, uh, praying for the nations as well. A good book is Operation World that has every people group yeah. and ways you can pray for them. Uh, there is a, a shorter version of that called Pray for the World. 
Uh, that's a, I like shorter versions. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit more doable. Uh, there is an app that I have on my phone um, w- through the Joshua Project that gives you an unreached people group of the day that you can pray for and have wow. that remind, yeah. reminder every day. that pops up every day at 6.15 to, to pray for specific <laughs> people groups. Now, time is customizable on that one, the, I imagine. That's right. Yeah, yeah you can... At that point, you've been up for two hours. I've been up for a yeah. couple hours at 6.15, <laughs> so uh, yeah. But uh, there was a guy, Andrew Murray, who was um, in Africa. He was a missionary, Dutch missionary to Africa. He said, the man who mobilizes the Christian church to pray will make the greatest contribution to world evangelization in history. Mm. And so the point of that is just pray. So engage yeah. right now in prayer. And then the last thing I would say is just start where you are. You know, they say that uh, getting on an airplane doesn't make you a missionary. Um, if you're not um, sharing your, the gospel with people around you now, what makes you think you would do it overseas? And so we would say, you know, go across the hall. Find people that God has put in your circle of influence uh, to share the gospel with and just begin spreading the yeah. gospel on your college campus. Take some risk. Take some risk. You know, get out yeah. of our comfort zone. That's a great way to go against comfort is by getting out and seeing what opportunities God gives you to uh, to spread the gospel to your friends and neighbors and those close by. Amen. Well, here on this podcast, I mean, we exist because we want to help college students make their their four years or five years, however many years, on their college campus count for eternity. That's right. right? And it really is such a prime time of your life to wrestle with the needs of the world yeah. and even consider yourself. What role will you play That's in right. the Great Commission? Mm-hmm. What role will you play in what God is doing all across the world? Um, so I hope that this conversation today and last week with Ryan Akers has been a blessing to you. And um, Ryan, we'll definitely have you back on sometime. Great. You I'd know. love to. Yeah, we'll, we'll get you back on for sure. Uh, but I just want to thank you again for taking some time the last couple of weeks uh, doing this podcast with us. And I think... It was really going to benefit uh, all of our listeners. So Great. Thanks for having me, brother. Absolutely. With that uh, being said, thank you again uh, for listening to today's episode. Uh, my name is Tyler Rollison, also known as T-Roll. Happy to be your host. And we will see you next time for another episode of the Campus Outreach Podcast. Take care. Take care.